Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I have a fun thing I like to do when I shake... Any, like Jeremy's hand, like the first time I met him, any like really big guy, I'll take my pointer finger and I just like lay it along the wrist. Every oh, no. time I do it to every like bodybuilding guy, guy. Yeah. yeah, just every one of them. And I'll just kind of like take my finger on the wrist when I do it every just time. Just start doing the Boy Scout handshake, the two fingers in front. It's like I'm, a mental check, like you just, just to see the reaction. It, yeah. And it's just to like, you know, I'm going to get hit one of these days. <laughs> like somebody's going to punch me, but yeah. it's. You know, good so far, the record, you know, I'm batting 100. So I like it. Well, we're going to just start working class on Deercast and like that, talking about how to um, <laughs> shake hands, baby. Certain dominance <laughs> through a handshake. There you go. Um, I'm not sure what episode this is, but uh, Kurt Geyer here, Doug Schmidt, Eric Common. We have, Sh- oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say our guest. Oh, there you go. Uh, I'm Shad Vanetti. And then we have a special guest. Special guest, uh, Snortwee Scotty's in here. Um, so. Thanks for being here, man. Um, You're welcome. Still not really sure about this guy. Um, we'll figure <laughs> yeah, that how out. Did, as how do you get in here? Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, we'll f- Thanks for being here, man. Strong uh, westerly well, winds. Little, yeah, I think that's yeah. what oh. it is. But this episode, <laughs> we're gonna chat with our good buddy Shad about some traditional archery. You're you're known in the WCB community as the trad guy for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love you, Shad, because you are a passionate human being about life in general. Um, hunting, of course, is how we all know you, but, um, I mean, you're a musician, you're a passionate traditional archery guy, you're passionate about hunting, you're passionate about everything, I feel like, which is... Runs 400 miles a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not a day. (laughs) Yeah, but it seems like it. Um, so thanks for doing this, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Where are you from? I'm from Terre Haute, Indiana. You made the jaunt all the way to the studio. Yeah, man. And and strong headwinds. It was a battle. It's bad yeah. today. <laughs> I'm glad I filled my tag because uh, I don't want to be hunting right now. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Would not be any fun. Yeah, I. Uh, That's why you hunt from the ground. The, the spikes are <laughs> safe from me today. 
So right. Took a day off. I'm checking to see if Snorri Scotty's gonna break character. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what character? You already broke it. Yeah. <laughs> what character? <laughs> this isn't a character. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> this is the way I live. Okay. Good. That's good enough. <laughs> Shad, talk about trad archery. So we we've as of recently, uh, we've had some controversy in the WCB world. Um, it seems like more so from the trad community because of a photo that was posted of a deer that got eaten by coyotes. If you follow us at all, by the time this launches, it's um, hopefully just blown over and everybody's happy now. <laughs> but um, a lot of them aren't happy. I learned most of it is trad guys. Yeah. And uh, you're a part of the trad community, but you don't necessarily – I don't see you as being like a typical – trad guy does that make sense i'm trying to say it without being offensive like on accident yeah i don't know i mean i love traditional bow hunting and traditional archery i've been doing it since 1993 mm-hmm. um but i don't really fall into any group mindset of anything i get uh, you yeah i don't really fall into group think uh, even with you guys like mm-hmm. right like i just i just don't it's not who i am maybe it's too much punk rock ethos of the early 1980s but we love that that's what we love about you <laughs> I, d- yeah. I don't know but i just I just don't. Um, I think any any crowd has a uh, has a group mentality, and you have to like kind of break away from that, or mm-hmm. you lose your ability to to think mm-hmm. for sure. So, I mean, we see that now with political parties and all that. So. It's, it's, with, it's with, with everything. everything. With everything. Yeah. Everything. yeah. yeah. So, so I I mean, do you get crap from the traditional community because of that, or have you? I I, ha- I more so in 2018. Uh, I picked up a compound again for the first time since 1993, and. Uh, there was uh, a some some people that I I cared about uh, their I cared about their opinions I guess a mm-hmm. little bit too much mm-hmm. um, who were very upset about the fact that I started shooting a compound again. But I was I could see that I was bored <laughs> with shooting traditional archery. I mean I've been doing it forever. I enjoy doing it, but I was just I needed a new challenge. Right. Um, right yeah. It's not I, like you're dropping it all together. No, I still love it. I mean I, I still That's shoot. Wild. I shoot right. I shoot recurves or longbows. I mean. Almost every day. Mm-hmm. I shoot almost every day. And, uh, but, and I've got a wall of them. I'll just grab one. I'll shoot it for a bit and, and I might pick up a compound. Now. But I, I think that in life, if you don't try to grow and change and do other challenging things, then, um, you're just stagnant. You're not learning. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not moving forward. And I was bored with it. And, mm-hmm. um, I shot a compound, uh, again for the first time in 2018. And, it was just, it was, wasn't easy. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't like I thought, like I had. Like you just what, jumped what, back into it as normal. What I remember. Yeah. Well, the, the bows have changed a lot since, right. you know, you, you, look at a, <laughs> you look at a, a compound from the early nineties that might be, you know, 46, 48 inches long, axle to axle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to now. And, you know, you could, when I quit shooting a compound, I shot it with fingers. Solid. Yeah. Oh yeah. That too. But like solid riser, solid yeah, limbs yeah, it's, it's, and just. They did, all did look you, the same. Did you like not shoot one at all, or would you like go to a bow shop and shoot one around every once in a while? The only time I picked one up in that amount of time, Joe Humphreys actually has a picture of it. Um, he I documented was, it. Yeah, he thought it was <laughs> hilarious um, because I was getting a, a a Diamond Infinite Edge, I think was the name of it for mm. my son Chase. Yeah, my wife used to have that bow, and uh, we were when Gander had an indoor shooting range. Mm-hmm. And, 
he told me to shoot it. I was like, all right. So he gave me the little release and I, I put it on and it was just the most weird thing that I'd had. I'd, 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 I haven't shot one of those. Because right. it's not right. So <laughs> you're correct. It's not. It's not well, what, it, what is this contraption? Yeah. It, it wouldn't feel right. What are, what are all these extra cables and it's strings this for? newfangled wizardry. That's, um, like, that's, like, that's like stop driving a car now and then drive one in 20 years and see how much different yeah. it is. Well, I don't know if it's the same comparison, but I get what you're saying. Or like a car from the 80s to now. Yeah. Well, okay, that's a better comparison. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, I, imagine going from like a, a Ford Pinto and then getting in a Tesla. Right. <laughs> I, I want that Pinto. Oh, well, I get it. <laughs> Respect. Like an old Cutlass is yeah. one of my style. Yeah. You know, but I get that a little bit. So I love that Joe had to document it. Yeah, he he ate that up pretty yeah. good. And he was Classic with me. Joe. He was with me the day that I bought uh bought my first compound again mm-hmm. and. He, I didn't know I was going to buy one that day. We were at our mutual friend Josh McDaniel's shop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he just happened to have a used bow that I liked, and I shot it, and I was like, "I'm taking this home with me." Mm-hmm. And Joe about flipped because it was not in the script that day to go down there. And you and, weren't like going to the bush. I'd be like, "Hey, I'm no, going to buy a compound today." No, we were actually taking a pallet of big time down there mm. uh, for them, so uh, for the shop to sell. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be one of those days. And I brought it back home with me. And he was speechless for me. I didn't have a release. I didn't have, like, <laughs> I didn't even have anything to shoot from this. Yeah. You know, I didn't have arrows that were spined heavy enough to shoot from it or anything. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's what I'm going to buy. Yeah. And just so. Went for it. And yeah. everything else that goes with the compound. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I it, that was at the beginning of September. And uh, decided I was going to take it out hunting that year because I had fun shooting it. I got heavy broadheads to shoot out of it. And, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, had a good year. Killed three deer with it, and nice. I, I missed yeah. the, the first deer I shot at with it. I missed, which I started laughing because it was like sixteen yards, right? And I was like, I can miss just as easy with this as I do with a longbow. This is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> he was excited about it. I was. I was laughing. I texted Joe. I'm mad. Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, it wasn't fifteen minutes later. Uh, had a had a buck walk by and put a perfect shot on it, and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was just like wow, this is. It was still fun. It was just like when I first started shooting archery again. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, it's it's hard for me, the target panic that comes along with it, just the holding on target. Like, I'm not used to doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. even, you know, here we are three years later, I'm still not used to doing Like, I have yeah. to work through steps every time I go to shoot one. It's cool seeing you with the compound, but I like how you're still so passionate because we do the annual working class bow hunter shoot. Yeah. And we've talked about this before in the past, but... You're like the guy who has all these trad bows, and people are like scared to touch them. Yeah. And you're like, you want to shoot it? And people are like, oh, no, I'll never. I, no, I'm good. I don't want to shoot. You're like, no, let's go shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just bows, man. They're, yeah. They're, they're supposed to be shot. I Nobody mean, touches my stuff. Snowy <laughs> oh. Scotty is cold-blooded. Cold no. right. Get your own. Well, Get I, your own. I expected you to have a little more positive attitude. Um, no. Oh. You're just stone cold serious all the time, huh? Yeah. This isn't a joke to you? No. Okay. Would you, did you kill your deer out of a deer stand too? Hunting yeah. over a food plot. Okay. I, I did all the cheating stuff. Now. Scott, with all due respect, snort with Scotty. Sorry, I didn't mean to come at you. Looked out your full name. Um, <laughs> apologize. Don't use this government name. That's right. You apologize. A L- little aggressive. Better put a mister in front of that. <laughs> Mr. Snortweed Scotty. <laughs> I, have to, uh, I might have to mute your mic if you keep it up. You know, With all due respect, I think we should let yeah, Shannon talk as a Show some respect, you know? I think that'd be the best thing. Whatever, dude. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Like bows are meant to be shot. But I, I think people want to shoot them, but they're like bashful. They're nervous. But yeah. you're like... 
no, let's go shoot them. Let's try them out. And I think people have a blast with that. Well, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, people, I mean, ultimately the reason we do all this stuff is because it's fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, we take it seriously. I take it very seriously. You guys take it very seriously. Right. Of course, yeah. Uh, the reason we practice so much is because the animals that we pursue, we want to do as cleanly and effectively as possible. Of course. So, I mean, all my practice is, is I practice for hunting, mm -hmm. like, all the time. That's the whole reason I'm doing it. So I do take it seriously, but it's still fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I've never lost that youthful enthusiasm of shooting a bow. Mm -hmm. And you make it comfortable for people if they'd never shot them before. Because I've shot them before, but never, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Didn't you know feel like and, a doofus. Yeah, you feel like a doofus. You're like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And yeah, then the first time I shot one with you, you're like, okay, try this, try this. And then you're actually, like feel comfortable enough you're like okay this actually feels right and yeah i kind of know what i'm doing now yeah it's it's not as hard as people think it is right mm -hmm. uh, i mean and there's a lot of people especially now that have never shot a traditional bow a lot of them I think yeah i'd say the majority still um i mean right wouldn't you say I, yeah a lot of the people coming up now for sure i mean it's maybe the traditional archery world is, has started to blow up again a little bit mm -hmm. um so it's it's a little bit more recognized but you know, ten years ago, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's people who've never who've never handled one. They don't know anything about it. And it's if you know how to shoot a compound bow, it's not too hard to change that into shooting a traditional bow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's the same steps. It's it's anchor form, you know, clean right. release. It's right. And then uh, one thing you mentioned earlier too is like you're passionate about everything, but you said there's a lot of things that you know you're a really good friend, but we all don't. I mean, not that we disagree with you on this, but I, what I'm saying is I appreciate this about you is that, like, the caliber of deer that you hunt is really anything. It's whatever gets me excited. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's not based on on antler size. It's not based on doe or buck. It's not based on it's not based on any. It's if, if it gets me excited, mm -hmm. then that's then that's the one that I'm I'm about. And it, it, yeah, it, I, I'm you know a little bit older than some of you guys and i've been doing this for a really long time just like you guys started out really early mm -hmm. um i kind of hit you know the five stages of sportsmanship and i kind of went through those really fast where i didn't really once the trophy stage you know what are the five stages do you know them? i could i could look them up <laughs> I, <laughs> you know? I remember them i've had to go through them a thousand times because i put all the kids through uh through hunter education classes let me see when there's a limiting when? out stage be number one be number one. That's the only Griffin grins, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Spoon and crock pot. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, that's that's my club. Five. I'll be a part of it. Lucky. <laughs> Lucky to have me. Um uh, dang. Cold blood. I don't know if this is huntered.com. Uh shooting stage, limiting yeah. out stage, yes. trophy stage, method stage, sportsman stage. Yes. So are you are you looking at the uh, I was just description see, of them all? Yeah, I wanted to see if they had it. That's um, just the stages again. Anyway, um, I just thought it might be interesting to read it, see what it says. But I, I do appreciate that about you. Like, yeah, whatever gets you excited because we kind of have a joke in the in the WCB community is like that's a shad buck. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is cool. And most of the time they are. <laughs> most of the time I'm in. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's, I love to figure out big bucks and I like to get close to them. Um, my, uh, 
my biggest thing when it comes to bow hunting is I want to see how close I can get to an animal without them knowing I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, and I love that. I mm-hmm. mean, I absolutely love it. I don't, I don't care if I, sh- I don't shoot very many deer. Mm-hmm. Um, if I shoot a deer, then I don't get to go hunt the next day. And I like hunting more than I like killing. Uh, and anymore, my big thing has been I've been trying to shoot like big, really big does. Mm-hmm. I love well because if you can beat a big doe, you can beat about any man, animal, especially you, a big white tail right. doe. You know, you you shoot a really big doe in mid to late October, um, and get within their comfort range of fifteen yards and in, you've done something. Yeah, like it, I agree. a big buck can walk in front of you during the rut and not even think. He's not, twice he's about not even it. thinking about what he's doing. No. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, but you know, and in, even in late season, I mean, I uh, I shot a really big doe. This was in 2018. It was the last weekend of Indiana's archery season. So I think it's the beginning of January into December. I don't remember the exact date. Um, shot it from eight yards on the ground. See, that's and awesome. That was like, I was more proud about that than, you know, any of the bigger deer that I've killed. Because that, that, no, that is, it gets you jacked up when you're on the yeah. ground. Man. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, I pulled up the, just because for sake of conversation, oh, okay. here, and I think it's interesting, uh, stage one, the shooter stage. Hunters at this stage simply want to do a lot of shooting, um, be it doves, ducks, squirrels, rabbits, or even deer. Um, they want to test their shooting abilities as well as that of their rifle or shotgun. These hunters are beginners and are often young as well. Limiting out stage, eventually simply burning through a lot of ammunition is no longer sufficient. Hunters at this stage still gain a lot of satisfaction, gee whiz, from shooting, but now the hunter or birds or animals bag becomes important too, and limiting out or filling a tag is the gold standard. Trophy stage, um, <coughs> from quantity to quality, hunters at this stage gain satisfaction from being selective and taking games, such as a duck hunter only shoots green heads, a turkey hunter only shoots long beards, or a deer hunter only takes mature bucks. Um, Doug, is that true? These hunters often travel a long distance yeah. to hunt trophy animals. Yep, yep. I mean, I think well, some of you can you can always stay a little in the trophy stage. Yeah, yeah, they're all trophies, man. Right, right. Well, it depends. Yeah, it's it's the invi- individual. I've got a shirt right? that says that. I love that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Method stage, um, taking game is still important, but more important is how the game is taken. So that kind of falls into some of the guys that do different um, traditional archery or trying different different ways to take an animal, which is cool. See, I don't need no shirt that says that. You, you are. You, you say that. I show my size. Your body. Your body says it. I'm a trophy. Your body says <laughs> spoon and crockett. <laughs> and That's then what's up. the sportsman stage. Um, basically, the emphasis on the total hunting experience and being outdoors, enjoying the company of friends and family, and seeing nature and all its beauty. I, I think you can accompany all of these stages a little bit. I think you fall out of the limiting out stage and the shooter stage a little bit and more into three, four and five as you mature a, bl- sure. a blend of the three, you know? Yeah. Which I think is fair. Yeah. I'll but I that. think that's pretty accurate. The five stages of sportsmanship. I think that's, that's, that's actually cool. You know, I've seen this before, but I, I forgot about I've it. I've actually never know. heard about it. You never have. No, I, I like it. It makes sense because I think like Doug sport, doesn't read a lot though. Well, Doug also hasn't thought about having kids and stuff. And the sportsman stage, a big part Never. about having kids and and, and <laughs> I hunting, wouldn't. hunting with kids. I haven't crossed my mind once. It's not for me. Never, ever. I heard you get kids, you shoot crossbows. 
Jeez. That's why I'm scared to have one. <laughs> That's why I won't. That's why I'm scared to have one. Have you ever shot, going from compound tr- traditional, have you ever messed around with a crossbow or anything? Never once. No. I'm scared of them. I, I, I don't have a problem with the weapon. Yeah. I have a problem with them being in archery-only seasons. I think For the full length. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they are a, you know, they're, they're an awesome weapon. For sure, yeah. But it's not a bow. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think if that it's not being held by the power of the arm and the hand, it's not. It's not a bow. Yeah, I think uh, this is controversial, um, but I don't think they should go away. I think they should no, have a season. For sure. Right. Yeah. Even if it's a twenty-day season, I'm fine with that. But as long as it's, it's got to have some sort of regulation. Yeah. But um, it's great for uh, one episode we did for WCNDC. Um, Chris Zeger, he shot a really good buck this year in Ohio with his with a crossbow, but he. Um, he had a big sh- major shoulder injury. He was yeah. shooting his bow and it. He was shooting his compound. His tore like, shoulder, shoulder tore apart. Yeah, I listened to that one, that which was, is crazy. Yeah, because it's like there. There's a big difference though between somebody who, who, ha- for instance, like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, an able-bodied, you know, mid thirties male mm-hmm. who doesn't want to take the time to learn how to effectively shoot archery equipment. Right. Yeah. And that's right. that's the whole reason the archery seasons were established and the length that they were was because. Archery is supposed to be hard. Bow hunting is supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's also what makes it fun. And when yeah. you do kill one or you find success on whatever you consider that to be, it's so good. Yeah. And if you, if you don't want to take <coughs> the time to, to do that, then don't hunt during bow season. Yeah. Hunt with a gun. And there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, you know, there's, we have these lengthy established seasons for those reasons. Right. 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 So, yeah. That makes sense. It's, I'm with you on that. I mean, there's a lot of people that disagree and that's fine. I you know, that's cool. Um, Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. So I, I would say 50 <laughs> 50. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a 50 50 unpopular opinion. I think um, at the same time, you'll have a lot of guys be like, hey, it's a good way to get people into hunting. I agree with that. That's mm-hmm. a bit, definitely yep. a benefit. I think it's a good way to get kids into hunting. That's definitely a benefit. Um, different ways to look at it on that. People with injuries. I mean, people with injuries. That kids and injuries, by all means, I get it. But. It's a debatable topic. Regardless of sure. what your opinion is on it, it's a fairly debatable yeah. oh, topic, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, that just because that's my opinion, and this is, you guys will understand this, just because it's my opinion doesn't mean that it should be everybody's opinion. Right. right? Mm-hmm. That'd be a problem I, if it was. I choose to not partake in that, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's I, I guess I'm kind of hinting around at some other things. It's when you make your opinion you try to force that on everybody else's because you think that's right yeah it's it's not my place Scotty over there yeah it's not my place to say what's what how you receive your enjoyment in the woods right. scotty's uh sorry again snort we scotty's face is getting a little red over there i feel like my way is the way <laughs> well, well i mean it's warm in here too and he's used to being outside with no sleeves on yeah so on, on the ground in the wind yeah yeah Scott, uh, don't we, Scotty? No offense, but you are exactly the hunters that nobody likes on social media. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. to a T. What is what? Don't really care. Don't really care. Don't, yeah. don't, really care. don't I, face me. I don't have Facebook. My opinion is the best opinion. Your opinion sucks. Okay. That right there is a problem with a lot of things in hunting, like on on Facebook, on anything. Yeah, but for sure. It, it's in no matter what community you're in. That's where social media is amazing. And then it's that uh, snort with Scotty's attitude is also what makes it not so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've learned <laughs> really recently in the last 
few days of recording this on the internet, but that's fine. You know, everybody has an opinion. That's cool. For but, sure. But, but, you know, and people are passionate about what they're into, mm-hmm. but it's like the line of like, yeah, you can, you're passionate about a lot of things, but I think you have the right balanced mindset of like, just cause I'm so passionate about yeah. it. I don't, you're passionate about running. Mm-hmm. Snorri Scotty ain't running. No, no. he don't run from anything. Why? No. Why would you? No. <laughs> right. It's, I, I, I don't even know why I do. Unless I'd be running. I don't get it either. (laughs) (laughs) Run too much. For sure. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's one of those, I don't know. I don't know where we're going with that. But um, but anyway, I love the traditional idea, and it's something I definitely want to do. But there's some stuff I want to get done first. Yes, right. You're on the same page, though? And and, and I almost, so I was this close today to bringing you Gramps. Really? Because you're tagged out with Bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. What better time to take a you know to take a longbow out? Yeah. It's late season, you know, f- find a food source, see if you can get a doe within fifteen yards. Mm-hmm. Shad, me and you don't agree on anything, but I agree on that right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now. even then, you're conflicted with agreeing I with am. me. Yeah, I get it. You're mad about agreeing with him. Right. I'm conflicted <laughs> yeah. with my own self most of the time. So I, I, you know, that would be a ton of fun. We're all a little confused. <laughs> really, when it boils down to it, we're all a little lost, aren't we? Um, <laughs> I would love to go out and shoot a doe with a recurve over there. It's uh, honestly, it's like I wouldn't have the time to put into it. Yeah, Sherrard's burning down, man. For Sherrard, <laughs> Windsor, hey, New Windsor. <laughs> no. It's crazy oh, yeah. out there in the street. <laughs> I didn't know where I am. Too much coffee. Sorry, Sky's got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little nervous. <laughs> that would have made the whole episode of people hey. laugh in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go <laughs> gotta go i gotta leave game warden fire truck goes by i'm on the vi- i'm a volunteer firefighter i gotta go <laughs> yeah but I, I think it would be a blast to try and i, I will probably one day yeah. oh i'll for sure um, try it someday like i think one day i'll commit to like how chandler did last year yeah mm-hmm. chandler committed to traditional archery you last year and, and i think surprised a lot of people <laughs> i i mean yes and no like so and that's what when him and I were talking about it the, when he first approached me about shooting you know going bow hunting with traditional equipment I was like yeah. what's your average shot do you think your average yardage is on on deer and he's like like in general like yeah, a, with the compound yeah like on on average he goes seventeen yards I go you're there mm-hmm. you've already got the hard part figured out the True. hard part is getting close yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so if you can if you already know how to get close to deer. The rest of it's just, you know, practicing. Yeah. yeah. You got to practice for sure, but you've you've already eliminated half of that variable. That's a good point because I mean, yeah, being being in the wheelhouse, but I think a lot of guys um that's hard for them to do consistently. Yeah. 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 Or or to do it to where you're not going to burn yourself out. That's that's where woodsmanship comes into play though. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's with back again to bow hunting, you know, it's supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. This is where you learn words, woodsmanship. It's yep. We all know that it's not that difficult to get within 80 yards of big animals. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Yeah. I mean, you can say that it is, but it's really not. You can accidentally get within 100 yards of a big buck. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. To cons- to consecutively get within 30 and under of deer and them not know you're there. I mean, That's, you're going to get busted every now and then. Of course, yeah. But to, to have a, a sense of woodsmanship to where... You're looking at the wind all the time. You're figuring your routes in and out of in and out of mm-hmm. places. You're not over hunting areas. You're not doing, you know, to to look at this and and to watch how the seasons change and how the animals change with the seasons and where they're going. I mean, that's part of this, mm-hmm, right? right? So that's why people get so attached to hunting and like, like I don't know when I hunt a piece of property and get to learn the property and have like experience on it. 
man, there's something going on in New Windsor. I get like attached, you know, to the property a little bit because mm-hmm. you kind of like, I don't know, you like sort of have. A, does that make sense? Yeah, you kind of yeah. have like an emotional, emotional like relationship yeah. with the ground you're on. For sure, for sure. I mean, there's a there's a a, a bit of land that I used to be able to hunt. The, the uh, landowner recently passed. Well, a couple years ago, passed away. And man, there's so many, so many firsts on that land. Mm-hmm. I can't go back there anymore. It's under new ownership, right? But right. there's not a time that I don't drive by there and just be like, my, you know, my wife took her first deer back there. I, you know, killed my first deer with a longbow back there. Yeah. Um, my son's first turkey was back there. One of my last deer hunts ever was my grandfather mm-hmm. was back there. You know, there's just so many really, really cool things that yeah, were on Yeah, good that. memories. And they're never going to disappear. The memories I'm good. Anytime I drive past there, I'm can, I mean, I've got stories for days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you just wish you could go through there still. Yeah. I wish I, I mean, it's, you know, I, I get emotional talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, this really means a lot to me. And it's part of the reason why I try to promote what, what we do in such a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to show people the good side of this stuff. Definitely. You know, hundred yeah. percent. so it's, it's why I want people to try to shoot a bow. It's why mm-hmm. I want to take people out in the woods. It's why I was like, man, this stuff's really cool. Yeah, it never yeah. stops being cool. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. changes every day. It's never the same. Definitely. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing any sort of like classes to get people no. into archery or anything like that? No, because then it becomes a job. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And yeah. It's, 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 it's much like, you know, trying to become a professional musician or anything like that. Like I do everything I do is because it's from my soul. Yeah. And I'm passionate about it, and I love it. And if I have to get paid for it, or I'm trying to turn it into some form of employment, then it it's, ruins it for you. Yeah, that's yeah. why I, I don't shoot in archery contests. I don't. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact, like the races that I run, if I mean, it's just an excuse to go out and run in the woods with my friends mm-hmm. for a day. But I don't. I don't go out there to try to win them. Right, I'm going yeah. out there to like have fun to go run a hundred miles to the woods with my friends. That's like wild. it's that is wild, man. It's it's but it's just how I look at it's how I, I look at that stuff. I get that, and that's probably like why you enjoy hanging out at the shoot, the bow shoot we do, because it's like you're just doing your thing. You're not really. Yeah, obligated I don't even to hardly shoot at those things, which right. I think is cool because you're worried about other people shooting. Yeah, I mean the fun. the first one I came to, I shot. That was, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't shoot at all last year. Yeah. I think I shot at the practice bells a couple of times just to show people how to like mm-hmm. hold the bow, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. We barely get to shoot and We ran through a couple times, but we split up and all that. So. Yeah, I have more fun walking around with you guys handing out prizes and getting people to do, you know, silly crap than I know, we're gonna I do, do shooting that. myself. <laughs> that was, that that was, was fun. fun, yeah. We normally do, do drawings for the giveaways. And yeah. I, I liked walking around on the that course. That was so fun. It was a blast because people are like, what? You're giving me this? I'm like, oh, you're here. It's a lot better, too, than just drawing a name out of the hat and be like, here you go. Like, you get a group of people, hey, whoever gets the closest. Yeah, when we yeah, wins throw the shot prize. competitions out. Just yeah, makes make archery it, fun. Yeah. yeah, that's what it should be. And, mm-hmm. like, I think it was like that. Was there a carp or something? There was one target that we had on the street. On a zip line, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we yeah. were trying to get people to shoot it at the same time. And uh-huh. That was a blast, man. That's, well, that's, that's fun, fun stuff. Curtis gave that little girl a range finder. I was like, you shoot that? She's like, yeah, that's my ear. I was like, good shot. <laughs> She's like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that that's fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's awesome. funny watching, like, the parents get more stoked about, like, yeah. Oh my God, that's a loophole rangefinder, you know? And shot hey, Dad, you need a new rangefinder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's dad, this dad, one for your daughter? Dad was smiling. <laughs> not yours. <laughs> the kid has no idea what it is. Yeah, no, right? no. I mean, she, I'm sure it was a younger girl. She, she's going to learn real quick. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. sure she's, as she gets older, or maybe next year, I know, she's a good shot. Yeah. She's yeah. shooting her bows. It was cool to see, man. That was, was all right. man, I had. <laughs> 
<laughs> cold blooded over there. That was probably my favorite thing was to see all the kids out there this year. Yeah, there I was love, a lot more kids. Man, yeah. I love seeing kids shoot archery. Yeah, I, especially girls because you don't see a lot of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's uh, it's 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 really refreshing. I mean, because yeah. if we don't, this dies if we don't keep it going. It'll mm-hmm. die fast. Yeah, I It'll mean, die. you have to have the youth involved. It's gonna and, die with me. <laughs> Don't talk. <laughs> the strong words. <laughs> it's it's scary though because the way and a lot of it it sucks that it boils back down to politics because it kind of does because that's politics is what would end hunting right yeah really. for sure but the, that's you have to just get it's like a traditional thing uh, like tradition in life and it's because it's a lifestyle but you know my daughter maybe she won't want to hunt but I'm gonna throw archery at her if it sticks cool yeah. if not that's fine but. All you can do is try and get them into it and let them have fun. Yeah. That's right. I mean, between my wife and I, we have five children together, mm-hmm. um, ranging from 25 to 15 years old. Mm-hmm. They've all shot. They all shoot. They all can shoot. Yeah. Um, Chase uh, is the only one that's ever you know killed a deer with a bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son Brennan has tried. Um, most of them, it didn't stick with them. Right? They'll still do it, Yeah. but right. they have a lot. Of, like Their entire youth was us going to our vacations because when you have five children together like you don't have a lot of money yeah yeah our vacations were going to traditional shoots and camping out at them and we'd go there for like three or four days and the kids you know they they'll never forget that stuff yeah right and it's they're just running around with their friends and shooting arrows and that's awesome having a blast right yeah um we camped through some crazy storms during that stuff and they learned (laughs) that you can like you can survive through these things right right and uh it's a good like wholesome way to like raise kids, I feel like. I mean, they, you know? there was some debauchery that goes on, like in any, like you know, they, they probably saw me get drunk on moonshine way too many times. Well, hey, hell but, yeah, brother, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Who hasn't seen their dad drunk on moonshine? Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> in the Midwest, yeah, that's true. That's family vacation without that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a poll. I for sure have, Doug. I don't think on moonshine. But well, you seen get pretty drunk. Yeah, I've seen him get drunk. <laughs> Eric, oh yeah. What about you? Every weekend, <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I go hunting too. Oh, a couple good poles and go out in the woods, baby. That's how you stay warm without the sleeves on, right? Exactly. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> I'm like mildly regret having Snorley Scotty on this podcast. Yeah, I can't stop. I keep looking at him. Can't stop smiling. Life's full of regrettable things. <laughs> I'm learning real fast. Yes, you are. It's like you already broke character like five seconds no, in. So. No, he didn't. No. Oh, that's just how it's just you. I just like to laugh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Shad, what do we cover from here, man? Because I just you're a good dude, man. We wanted you on here to just speak positivity from traditional equipment to just life in general. But you're you're a good dude to have in the group because you're always like positive vibes and I've never seen you bummed. I go, I go there. I know you do. Everybody does. <laughs> I but, go there. But when we're together, it's always good vibes. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I just, you know, <clears throat> I love this stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I do. And I, I, it's, I hope that resonates to others. Like, I want them to see that this stuff's really fun. Yeah. And you don't have to be so, you don't have to be serious about it. Yeah. You don't have to stress yourself out with it. No. And it's. Look at me. <laughs> you're relaxed. Well, big deer stress people out, I think. They do. Big, big deer are, uh, I, so. On my way here, I was talking once again, talking to Joe Humphreys on the phone. You know, shout out to Joe. One of, I've got really bad, I make bad choices and best friends, and he's one of them. And, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it's a real uh, bad choice. <laughs> but you know, here we are. You know, yeah, it, we've we've made a really bad marriage work really good for a long period of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the yeah, curly guys are still together. Live. Yeah. So, uh, but we were, we were discussing things, and I used to think that mushroom hunters were like the worst, right? Like, you know, <laughs> mushroom hunters don't care about property lines. No, they, don't, they don't. I mean, they, you know. <laughs> And I'm, uh, I, I, lo- I'm, I like certain searching for mushrooms, but I have a theory about mushroom hunters. Yeah, I mean, I've had so many turkey hunts. If ruined. a mushroom hunter smokes Marlboro Reds, they find all the mushrooms. That's science. That ain't though. no joke. That's uh, science. That ain't no joke. I'm not saying it's a fact, but just it look is it up. a fact. Do the scientific research on it. But I mean, anymore, it's <laughs> deer hunting and big bucks has just became stat. so, just so weird. Like it makes friends hate each other yeah. it's neighbors yeah. you know friends. like oh for instance when garrett you know his butt got stolen yeah my my other best friend tubby mm-hmm. same situation happened to him this year really he shot a really nice buck from about 10 yards on the ground with his with one of my recurves mm-hmm. he shoots traditional all the time and he wanted to borrow one of my bows this year and hunt with it and uh wanted to change his you know his shooting up a little bit mm-hmm. and midday november early november he was you know weaseling through a thicket just doing some midday scouting looking for a place to maybe move a stand to Mm -hmm. and this really big buck came just strolling through 10 yards didn't know he was there put a good shot on it um it it must have been just a little bit back because the deer ran about 250 yards before it crossed the property line Mm -hmm. um the property owner he hunts on contacted the other property owner they wouldn't let him come on to get it no kidding and then they ended up hearing you know them come up with side-by-sides into the area where that deer after they got the call they went and checked yeah oh yeah yeah and the guy wouldn't let him go back there because he's it was the a few days before indiana's firearm season started said no i've got stands back there gun season comes on saturday i want anybody walking back there he's like man we just want to go recover our deer Mm -hmm. so indiana you have to have permission oh yeah it's the same way yeah i've there's been deer that i've not been i remember that phone call because of that (laughs) you were that guy yeah so (laughs) <laughs> Same Michigan too. That was mine too. That was me. They wouldn't let him go get it. No. So they went and got us deer, and then what? Nothing. Nothing happens from it. Man, I, I can. You can't. You can't hey, even you go grab my deer for off. me and just let me and, have it. You know, they. I was like, when Tubby was calling me and talking to me, I was like, dude, offer him a hundred bucks. Just offer him a trespassing fee. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, it's not. They wouldn't. They wouldn't go for it. That's it's it's just mind blowing that he said, "I don't want anyone in there." But then they go drive side by side <laughs> in there and just blow well, it all out. And take it, 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 the, the 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 problem I think with it was when the landowner that Tubby was hunting on mentioned that he'd shot a nice buck, and I think that's what started it all. Right? If he just said he shot a doe, probably wouldn't have been Th- things got shot as big of a deal. A deer, yeah. But you know, then it got weird, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the bad part about this is, is that the people that they were trying to get on. They just bought that property this year. Well, there's going to come a time when they're going to shoot an animal and it's going to cross property lines, right? Yeah. Right. Well, Sooner then you later. come into the conflict of like, do you be a dick about it? Yeah, or not? Because you don't. I mean, you're never going to get that deer back, yeah. right. even if you. Yeah. Right. you know. And you don't want to have that relationship with a property neighbor. No, that's a bad way to start it. And that's a bummer, man. That bums me out to hear. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, more than we hear about, I think. Yeah, oh, it's happened sure. to me. Huh. It's yeah. the land that I was talking to you about before that the the gentleman passed away. I had a, a, a an episode like that where I shot a buck with with a, a recurve, and the shot was a little bit back, mm-hmm. and the deer crossed the property line into a thicket. Mm-hmm. Landowner wouldn't. I had a dog, like you know, mm-hmm. we had a dog. He's like it was pulling us straight there. Yeah, every beeline time. right to the deer, and yeah. uh, the guy wouldn't let us go back there and retrieve it. So that's a bummer, man. I had a property a guy who hunts neighboring property shot a deer, jumped the fence on the ground. I can hunt, and I was like, yeah, let me meet you out there and. 
it was a shoulder hit. I actually saw the deer alive a few weeks later. Uh, just you could tell he been yeah. hitting the shoulder. I one, yeah, I was like, let me go with you. I'll help you. Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't want right. him walking around by himself because I didn't know what I didn't know the guy. So I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you down there. I'll help you look. <clears throat> it's just it's, well, and that kind of helps them too because if you come out there, you're like, okay, if the deer jump here. You kind of know where they go. Yeah, he's yeah. probably yeah. gonna go this way. Well, not only that too is like the way I thought of it is it's like, man, if I shoot when it jumps a fence, I now have your number. Yeah, and hey, you if you help me, hey, jump the fence. But you go with me. Let's right. Go. I, I'm not up to anything weird. I just want to find my deer. I yeah, mean, we're right. all supposed to be stewards of the woods, right? I know. Like it's it it's just sad that it's that's what it's became. I know. When I was young, it was never like that, and that's like I hate trail to do cams. This. It's that's part of it. But I I mean I hate to throw that like back in my day kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's it's I've watched it change so much, and I don't I don't really care for where it's went to. Like, you I mean, think it'll ever go back? No. No, you no, don't. I don't because <laughs> so like. When if somebody say say my first deer right mm-hmm. that I when we got on the phone and started calling people say, oh shit I got his first deer my gramps is calling man there were so many people came over to his house to like shake my hand over this doe mm-hmm. right and now if you it doesn't you could shoot a hundred ninety inch deer and somebody hey send me a picture of that yeah right yeah send me a picture of it and then nothing like. People used to go to, you know, you'd go to right. their house. You'd go hang out in their garage or their barn or I'll the tree this, outside or whatever. <clears throat> when my dad killed the guy or buck, he killed it in 2004. I remember being at the processor, checked it in, and then, like, they had a different location where you'd go drop the deer off from where they actually, like, where you checked the deer. It's kind of a weird setup, but it was cool because just, like, in a parking lot, <clears throat> pull in. Because you guys had, like, deer check-ins, right? Um... I don't remember then. I don't know. I don't remember I exactly. I, 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 did, I really We never those. had we never them. Had but I remember, I think I remember you, someone talking about them. It would be like a parade away. going mm-hmm. through during shotgun yep. season. But this is bow season. We went to this spot. It was at the processor. So I don't know if he had to go check it in and then went to a different spot. I can't remember. I was pretty young. But I remember my dad, the guys wanted to come out and see the deer. So my dad went and dropped the tailgate. And dude, a crowd of people came up. I watched like a 90-year-old man like, come over and shake my dad's hand yeah. and it was just kind of like these cool it's just like this cool moment of everyone like showing appreciation for i mean it's an exceptionally large deer but it was like cool to see that now i don't know if that maybe it would happen the same but Probably i just wouldn't but i just don't see it happening the same i i can remember like and this wasn't even i think indiana got rid of theirs maybe Started getting rid of them about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. the check-in station. Somewhere, I don't know Yeah, exactly. I, I can't remember when Illinois cut it out. But, but it's, it's uh, I can remember, mid, especially opening weekend of firearm season. Mm-hmm. That's what you did midday. Like, people didn't really know a whole lot about hunting all day back then, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was like the Facebook back then. You'd go yeah. hang out at the yeah. check yeah. station. Yeah. So you would come out of the woods, go and show you'd your grab some lunch, and you'd, you'd swing by whatever the closest check station is, just to see who's out there. I think right. the gas station in the strip where our studio's at, uh, maybe I'm mistaken on this. Uh, I think that used to be a check station. Oh, really? Yeah. And there'd be people out, like, I mean, if you were at a an outdoor shop or whatever, they'd have, like, you know, a big kettle of soup beans cooking out there or something like that. And people just hang out. That's kind of yeah. awesome. And, that is awesome. And it's, I mean, even when Gander Mountain was a check station in Terre Haute, like, mm-hmm. open day of firearm season, people just go sit in the parking lot and wait for people to bring deer like, in. Tailgating? Yeah. Man, let's bring <laughs> check stations back. Yeah. That would and be it's, fun. It's, uh, I've, I'm in favor. I will, oh, for sure. We should vote them in. That'd be fun. 
Just have one here and just have a bum fire going back. That'd be awesome. Out back I'd sign times. us up for a check station. <laughs> have a grill going. Yeah. That'd be cool, man. I mean, you guys Tailgate. got short firearm seasons over here, so it'd be... We could do it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears> Indiana, beer, grab a brat, I'll grill it. one out. I'll yeah. grill out. Yeah, old old Snortwee Scotty can... You'll come out? Yeah. You do that? Because you don't That's gun hunt, cool. so you you could be here. Tell everybody to get bent. <laughs> <laughs> Show <laughs> off my own deer. <laughs> That's Every a nice deer, but here's fun. mine. Well, we Talk about get... how they cheated by using a firearm. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. did great about the check compound. Great. Glad to have you, Snorwee Scotty. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Shad, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always nice to have you in. Always, Doug, nice, always nice to see you. Yeah. It was good. You guys want to close out with anything? Nope. <laughs> Love you, Shad. I don't think we should have brought Snorwee Scotty here, but yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, here. Uh, I'm real glad you made it. I uh, know. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Let's get on with it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. WC on DC. We appreciate you. Go shoot a giant. See? I keep forgetting. Hey, guys. Back with another Giant Tracker segment here on WC on DC. And this is kind of a fun Giant Tracker segment. It got set up. This past weekend when I was at the uh, Lincoln, Nebraska show, um, met Garrett there. What's up, man? Not much, man. How's it going? It's going good. Good to see you again. It's kind of funny. We chatted just a few days ago, and I'm like, you use DeerCast with this. You're like, yep. I'm like, all right, we got to do a segment on it because we, we had talked earlier in the show, and you're like, yeah, I shot a pretty good deer this year. You're like, <laughs> like oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And then I, I see I you. I shot a big one. I just, you know, you don't want to be like, that guy right well then i look over and i see you holding it like i don't know half hour later i'm like get over here like this is not just a big one some an incredible deer um so man introduce yourself and talk about you know you i mean don't give specifics but what state you're in and all that right yeah 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 i'm in missouri uh northern missouri is about as specific as i'll get um and then uh i farm for a living we have a pretty good grow crop operation and then i run a seed stock angus operation so we actually have our bull sale coming up in february so we're we're crazy busy with calving and, and trying to get ready for bull sale and all that stuff so awesome that's just kind of what, that's what i do for a living and then where i live so missouri awesome man awesome because when i met you i'm like oh is this a nebraska deer because we're at a show in nebraska but you were up there right. actually doing yeah, I was, cattle business yeah i was putting out sale flyers you know I, I always make a loop north loop south and loop east and stuff like that and i was like you know what i actually it's like it'll be neat I've, I've been wanting to go to that one i can't go to the classic this year because of a family stuff like vacation deal so i was like you know what that'd be cool to hit that one up i'll just do my flyers that day mm-hmm. and then of course being a snowstorm but uh it all right, works <laughs> awesome man so let's talk about this deer man i know you have the rack with you and i you know yeah. i held the rack in person took some photo yeah. video that i'll overlay here but so the, the buck we ended up counting him as well there's 26 points now where things get iffy is i'm not an official scorer like i can score a typical deer all day long mm-hmm. but there's enough little nooks and, and crannies and points coming off of points and the bases that we weren't really sure exactly how to score him. So my taxidermist and I kind of threw a green score on him, but we won't know the official score until uh, it would be February 11th is the first day that he's uh, certified to, to be eligible to score. Awesome. So um, he was a typical seven by seven when we first got the pictures of him. Um, and as you can see, like those points just bang, 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 line up. <laughs> he was just uh he was just an awesome deer to chase. The first time I got a picture of him, he was the 10th picture in on that card in August. Mm. 
and I'd put the camera out in late July. And man, there's always good deer in that area. And it actually caught me off guard because the first couple of days, I was like, who is this absolute giant that showed up out of nowhere? Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it hit me one day on the farm. I was like, oh, this deer, I might have a picture of this deer in 2019. Mm-hmm. And so I pull up, you know, my old pictures on my, that I have saved on my computer. And there he is. I think I sent you that picture. You can probably post it on the video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 19. He's got that. He's got that time that comes in. You know, that's very specific. Um, he's got these two guards starting. And then he's got, he's got his eye guards. They were, they were the dead giveaways for him. And he's already got six on this side in 2019. I'm going to pull this up while you're talking. Cause. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. So this yeah. is. 2019 photo in August, right? Oh, right. yeah, without a doubt, yeah. same deer. Yeah, without a doubt. Those have started, and he's got his eye guards, and like say all the points on the side already. Um, he's actually missing two points. Maybe hard to see. There's a, the tallest brow here, and I guess you'll have the other trail camera pictures pictures that before he lost them. And he's got a tine here that's gone. That uh, yeah. looks like it's got a story behind it that I I have yet to hear. Yeah, we talked about that a bit at the show. It's like, did someone try poaching him and shoot part of his rack off? Because that's a weird spot to break a point off, like in a fight, and not break off something bigger. Right. And the closer you look at it, I I just can't see how it's not. I mean, in the first picture we have of that deer missing that G3 was the day after rifle season closed. So Mm -hmm. things kind of line up. He disappeared from our farm from October 17th until November 23rd. That made you nervous, I bet. Uh, absolutely. Um, in fact, I was, I was doing a, like a guy was going to do a magazine article or an online article. And I was talking to him about it. He goes, so you're pretty much rooting for this deer to win so that he can lose with you later. I was like, yes, yeah. I, I can't put it any better than that. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to That's the best way to explain it. So yep. what, what date did you shoot him on? I shot him on December 10th and then I recovered him the morning of the 11th of, of this year. Yeah. Or yeah. I guess of 21, right? Yeah. yeah. So- twenty. You might have said, or did you have pictures of them in 20? None. So 19, I get the the best picture I have is the one I sent you. And then I have like three or four others that you can tell it's him, but they're kind of like, he's moving by the camera, blurry, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's at a farm that I own three fourths of a mile north of where I shot him. But then I also got some pictures of him on the farm. I shot him on in 19. Mm-hmm. So then 20 rolls around and nothing. And since he wasn't a mature deer, it was just one of those deer that you're like, man, I really hope this guy lives. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really thinking about him much. No pictures. Well, then after talking to the neighbor this summer, he was not very far away, like hundreds of yards away. They're getting pictures of this deer. He just wasn't particularly on our farm or else I didn't have the cameras, you know, yeah. in the right spot. So yeah. Yeah. Cause it's only telling what's in front of that one spot. So, right. But then uh, 21 rolls around and he is blowing my camera up from basically the end of July through October 17th. He's on that thing a lot, yeah. a lot. So, so what was the game plan going in? I mean, what, what would you come with a bow or gun yeah. crossbow? Yep. We got, yep, got him with a bow, a Matthews bow. Um, 48 yards was a shot, um, which I, I shoot quite a bit of long distance in the summer, hundred yeah. yards, stuff like that. And I've shot a bucket 60 before. So I was really confident in that shot, but yeah, it, uh, it's one of those things that where he was actually summering was one of those places where you wouldn't think a buck would live at all. Like, mm-hmm. He, he was just in the middle of nowhere. Um, he had feed water 
and he had some clover. He had everything he wanted within about 200 yards, and he just didn't leave there. I saw him on the hoof in September, early September before the season started, and then a neighbor saw him and was like, hey, man, that is the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, yeah, um, he's huge. Um, do you mind just like not telling anybody you saw that deer for a while? Smart move. <laughs> Smart move. Did, did he hold a secret? Yeah, yeah, he did. Props to the neighbor. Like anytime that I call coyotes in or shoot him, he, he does some fur bearing stuff. So I, I oh. give him all pelts and things like that. So, yeah. Yep. Good thing going on within the neighbor that it sounds like i mean and that's the fear you know it's exciting to see deer like that so you want to tell people and uh -huh. then that like it's i hate to say it this way but deer like that can almost ruin an area and bring yeah. a lot of negative attention from people who aren't willing to follow the law um, absolutely like you know if that buck did get away from a, a poacher's bullet i mean right that's just it this deer has made his rounds in, in the county and multiple counties and people that I didn't even know knew about the deer have talked to me about it. And so I know most of the people that hunt in that area and no one's came forward and been like, yeah, I shot at that deer like on the run or anything like that. Or, Hey, I saw him sitting there and I shot at him. Like no one said anything. So well, they're not going to now. <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a feeling that it, it was potentially something that shouldn't have been happening. It, that's what it adds up to me as well. Yeah. Uh, so when you see this deer coming in the day that you shot him, I mean, mm -hmm. how far was he when you first saw him and then what was going through your head? So that, that day I'd taken my old Ford truck into the Ford dealership and a really good hunting buddy of mine works there. And I was like, okay, like deer cast and my other weather apps say the wind's coming out of the Northeast. It's a perfect wind for him. My neighbor to the South, which a pivotal part of this story is that my neighbor to the South and I, created a great relationship over this deer. We'd always known who each other were, but we'd never shared deer pictures. We'd never, you know, strategized on deer. Mm -hmm. And he's a great dude that owns the property, bow hunts only. Um, and we just, we were both like, hey, we both hope that we're, one of us gets him. Obviously we both hoped it was ourselves, but just, we hope that one of us gets this deer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually texted me December 9th and said, hey, that bucks with a doe right on your property line. And so I had been waiting for the right wind, kind of been all season long. I had very strate strategically gone in there as, as far as the wind had to be perfect. The weather had to be right. Mm -hmm. you know, deer had to be on point, stuff like that. And so it was just one of those things where the stars kind of lined up. So when I'm talking to that guy at the Ford dealership, I'm like, actually, that wind's supposed to switch like 45 minutes before dark out of the Northwest. Mm -hmm. So instead of going to my tree stand in the Southwest corner of that field, I said, I'm going to sit on the ground on some pine trees that are on the edge of our field. Mm -hmm. That way I have an exit strategy. Cause if that wind slaps me in the back of the neck, 45 minutes to dark, I'm bailing. I'm out. Right. Right. You know? And that's prime time. Like, you don't, you don't want to have to right. get down then. Exactly. And where the trail comes out of the bedding area and CRP onto our food source, I was like, I just can't risk it. Because if, if when you're in that corner, you're there till 30 minutes after dark, just trying to get out with all the deer in the field every night. There's yeah. it's a one of the fields that gets a lot of deer in it. So mm -hmm. I'm looking up, some does come out, I'm glassing, and all of a sudden there's about eight, eight, ten does start popping over the hill from the east. But what's weird is they're already in the center of the field instead of coming out of like the timber and CRP. Mm -hmm. But they're also CRP to the east of this field. So they could have come from there. Gotcha. But it's not where they typically come from. And so I'm glassing and all of a sudden I take my binos over and boom, he's, he's filling my binos. And I'm like, that's him. There he is. 
And so he's with this doe. And what was kind of funny watching him was he was running off other does. Like anytime any animal got next to that hot doe he was with, he was like, get back, you, you know, just stay away from it. No kidding. So he's they, out in the open with these does. Yeah. He's in the wide open. So, so to preface that, like the reason that we only hunted great winds and like during that month, I wasn't getting any pictures. We hunted down there like two or three times total because mm-hmm. I wanted all the does to be concentrated on our farm for late season. Mm-hmm. We also flew on some cover crops. So we flew on turnips, radishes, and rye on top of our standing cornfield in August. And that was in preps of we do cover crop on hundreds of acres of corn every year anyways. But I kind of told dad, like, we need to make darn sure we got turnips and radishes <laughs> growing down there. Right. So that right. we got the winter feed. So that we don't get this deer harvested before then, we've got a great chance late season. We're the main food source there anyways, but I wanted green and grain at the same time. Very smart. So, yeah. And so it, it all kind of came so, together. So you I got know. lack of pressure. The food is there. Yes. You're using deer cast to, to know when to go. You're conscious of your mm-hmm. wind. You're conscious of wind changes. Absolutely. Uh, and I, what I, the reason why I'm listing this stuff off is that way, it, this isn't a coincidence. This is more of a calculated move probably than you'll even give yourself the credit. But, right. you know, and I always say big bucks take effort and all your effort right now is lining up, which is why this right. deer's in the open. Yes. In daylight. And- and in the open, for most deer I've shot, like everyone, has been a fairly quick scenario. This deer came out and was in the field for 45 minutes from the time I saw him to the time I released the arrow. It was 45 minutes stretch. So he wasn't actually, out there and then trying to get get the heck out of there fast. No, you know? they, they were just feeding from the east to the west toward me, and they were feeding on like you know that cover crop and probably finding an ear of corn here or there or something that didn't make it in the combine and. The other does, so it ended up being about 12 does in the field besides he and the doe he's with. Mm-hmm. And he and the doe actually bedded down at somewhere right around 100 yards. No so they came out, he was at like 160 moving toward me, and then they bed down at around 100. And it's like probably still 40 minutes to dark, and I'm like, please stand up. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the clock's yeah. ticking at that point. Right. Yeah. I'm like thinking about throwing some grunts out, but I got these other does that have continued to feed to the West. So like, I can't do much. I'm on the ground. Like I just got to just hope. And so then they actually only bedded down for about five minutes, stood up. And then once they kind of broke that, they milled around there eating from a hundred to 90 yards for quite a while. And then once they broke that, like 90, 85 yard mark, they just pretty much like just started walking. And like, so there were does kind of above me on the hill. And these two were still below me and they just kind of started angling toward me mm-hmm. and when they hit that 60 yard mark, which is where I'm comfortable shooting. I was like, that's when things got pretty real that like this, this is going to come together because they're still just beelining toward me. Mm-hmm. So I'm behind this pine tree and I'm like, okay, it looks like deer up on the hill. They're kind of angling up the hill. They're, they're going to come right to left. And then I'm going to, I'm going to have my shot here. Yeah. And then he didn't want her by those other does. And so he actually worked up the hill on her and kind of pressured her to go back down the hill a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then kind of luckily I like cleaned all the leaves and stuff out from underneath my feet prior. And I just kind of turned my body when she came out, I had my, well, my range finder right here on a tether. Yeah. And I, just, I hit her and she was at 48. So I turned my dial on my single pin and then I just assumed like, surely he's going to be right there. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah. have range in him specifically. And so then right about the time I got my deal down, got my hand back on my release, he was just poking out of that pine tree coming up behind her. 
I drew back and let her rip, baby. Hammered him? No, no. <laughs> um, I, I thought I hit him better than I did. Yeah. Um, 48 for me is a pretty, I mean, I can, I can shoot a couple inch group at 48 pretty easy every day. And so I was really confident in that shot. Mm-hmm. And it looked to me like it hit low and maybe a little bit back. What I didn't realize is that I think the deer was angled harder than I had given him credit for Mm -hmm. because the the arrow actually came out. So he's working left to right and the arrow came out on the backside of his front leg. It like cut the meat on the backside of his front leg. Gotcha. Okay. I felt really good about the hit and then he like he's running off. I was like, it was a touch low, but it was, it was kind of in that wheelhouse. So he runs straight back to the east, kind of the other does. They kind of jog off, though he's with kind of – they basically, they run up to about, I don't know, 150, 200 yards up on the hill. Mm-hmm. And he, he runs out to like 150-ish and stops, and he's right at where that hill will break over where I can't see him if he goes farther. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there and just vigorously shaking his tail. And he's kind of got that hump, like that hunchback look. Yep. And I've got a really bad experience on an Iowa hunt about five years ago. I lost about a 180 that reacted the same way. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I was like, man, it instantly, like I was excited, but doubt kind of set in. So it was a pass through. I was able to get out there right at, you know, maybe right before dark. And I found the arrow. Basically, I crawled out to the arrow. Right, right. It was up, up on top of the hill. And they were, they started back east after they all kind of ran off. And so, that was that was an experience in like you know you feel awesome and at the same time you don't so mm-hmm. i started like texting snapchat and buddies like hey i got an arrow in him i text my neighbor to the south like hey i've got an arrow in him um and so then we actually started talking about the reaction and i look up on deer cast and it says you know hey it's like one was like a five to eight hour wait yeah and deer cast track is what you're referencing yeah deer cast track so the next one was like 12 to 15 hours, depending on, I used a couple different versions and kind of moved the deer's body around a little bit. Yeah. And then my neighbor texts me and he's like, Hey, uh, I see on Google that like something with a really fast flickering tail says uh, liver hit 12 to 18 hours or something. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so basically I knew right then to back out. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel good about it because that place is loaded with coyotes. Like, yeah. So I was like, but I got to I actually woke up at 1 a.m. and started over there. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. Get get the heck out of here. Yeah, doing that so, internal battle with yourself. Yeah, I mean, anybody yeah, else would be doing I, the same I, thing. I actually drove halfway to the farm and then turned around at 1 a.m. and came back home. You did. I wasn't sleeping anyway, so I was like. Yeah, I'd probably have been doing the same thing, man. I don't think anybody else could blame you for that. Right, right, right. So um, dad is my main man. I mean, he's, he's the one that I do all my hunting stuff with. And he was in vaca- on vacation and uh, uh, Tennessee. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of sucked that I had to call him instead of like having him come join me. But yeah. the deer had actually only gone like 80 more yards over the hill and died right there. Awesome. So I, I wish, I don't know when he died. I wish I'd maybe gone in at one o'clock or something because the coyotes got into him pretty good. Um, well, I mean, the, you know, that's just a, something that happens. We had a recent, um, experience with uh austin chandler's buck that big drop time buck that we had yeah. on, i showed on another giant tracker segment and yeah. kyle's overnight ate that yeah. thing ate its nodes off ate its ear off it's gotcha. just that's just how it is sometimes so, man was that the one that kind of got the bad publicity yep that was it 
it was weird. Like, I don't remember when I listened to that podcast, but I listened to it and I didn't watch it. But I actually, that was, I, when I listened, that was two, four days after I recovered this one. You know what? Tried- that Austin shot that buck, I believe on, I don't remember the exact date. Between the 6th and the 9th, he shot yeah. that buck of December. So it was real close to when you shot yeah. yours. So I was trying to, I tried my hardest to make sure, like, all my pictures are from one side of that deer. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no rear end of the deer in any of the pictures because I was trying to hide all that. Well, I didn't know what you guys talked about on that podcast. So it was just, like, perfect timing that I did that. And I, I didn't know if I should show it or not. And then I listened to that podcast. I'm like, I'm really glad. I worked really hard to get all my pictures with no with no coyote damage in them after after listening to that deal. So well, and the thing is we had the pictures, we had clean pictures, and we had the other pictures that showed the honest situation, but we oh, knew right. if we would have posted a picture of Austin holding a skull cap of this 190 inch buck, first right. thing that's gonna red flag is someone be like, Well, there's something shady that happened with that one. Right, and right. So we kind of thought it was a lose lose no matter what. So we were better to show what honestly happened yep. in the way just tooth thing and claw mother nature is. It's just gotcha. coyotes got to eat too. Unfortunately, they're not our best friends as deer hunters, but they I mean, are. Can you blame them? I mean, what the heck? No, I mean, yeah, they wouldn't have cared if it was a 200 or if it was a, a tiny little yearling doe. They wouldn't have cared exactly. if it was meat for them. So it was one of those deals that I, you don't feel good about finding your deer that way, but I, I still feel like with the information I had, it was the right decision and, and I'm going to live with it. And that, that's just how I, I feel. About it, so you made the right decision, man. They, it's just, what do you do? There's really nothing you can do about that. That's part of the right. game because the risk is you go in trudging over the hill and he's bedded there and he gets up and runs five miles and then gets right. eaten by coyotes anyway. And you don't get anything yep. off of them. And then, right it's just a lost cause even more. Yeah. We're the food source. And if I jumped him, I was like, I'm surrounded by CRP really thick ditches. Like it's going to be tough to find this deer in six foot tall, 200 some acres of CRP. Yeah. Um, I, I just need to get out of here and leave this thing alone. Um, yeah. So it, it all worked out in the end. I'd say it's not the perfect scenario, but it, I feel yeah. good about it. Now, I, I've still, I still know I made the right decision based on like, deer cast talking to the neighbor watching that deer walk over that hill after he stood there for like a couple minutes mm-hmm. like say with his tail shaking and hunchbacked because that's what that 180 did in iowa he stood at like 150 200 yards and he stood there for probably a better part of 10 minutes and mm-hmm. he ended up walking off he ended up walking hundreds of yards and then i i didn't recover i actually jumped him out of his bed nine hours later so <laughs> one of those deals that yeah well, i you made- that pretty, pretty fresh in my mind like I can that imagine. Still sting, so this one would probably sting even a little bit worse. So. Yeah, it would. It would have. Yeah. What was your reaction when you picked the rack up? Was he bigger than you thought, or about what he you thought was he was? Way more massive than I thought. When you when you get into how like when you held it, you remember how heavy it was? Yeah. Like like frame wise, I've shot some really framey deer, big deer. Mm-hmm. The frame on this one isn't anything overly impressive. There's just so many points. The mass carries great all throughout. Um, had that tine not been broke off, that was a little bit palmated there. Mm-hmm. He'd have had two, like right at seven inch mass measurements. <laughs> and so it's just crazy. Like his fourth mass measurement out here was five and seven eighths. Wow. And so, so it's just kind of crazy. I mean, this one here was only about five and a half or five, three eighths. I can't remember exactly. But what did he, uh, what did he green score at? 
So the taxidermist and I did him at 218. And uh, like we didn't count this one because we could only get seven eighths out of this little point. This mm-hmm. little kick here. Um, that one, we could only get seven eighths. So we didn't count those. Um, so that's our best guess. So please, whenever people listen to this and the official score comes out at either like, you know, a gross of 215 or 220. Yeah. You know, it's just the way it is. I mean, uh, that yeah, Dustin Huffman really with all of this junk that's down in here because he's, like, he's got confusing. a character and stuff in there. So, well, don't yeah. feel bad if it does because I think people that's just how it is sometimes. Dustin Huff's buck, that big typical that was shot in Indiana, I think it netted bigger than he because when I interviewed him, I think he was right around 206, 207 net is what yeah. he was thinking. And then they did a panel score on it came out at like 211, I believe. I might be a little off on that, but right. so it, it grew. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's tough. Anytime you get into those big, crazy monster deer like that, it, it's uh-huh. it's hard telling what they're going to go. Yep. Yep. No, the, uh, I was wanting to, you know, people from Missouri, we don't, uh, we don't give people compliments. We give them a hard time. And that's how you know that we like it. Yeah. And uh, I was going to give Mark and Terry a hard time because, you know, Deercast said bad that day. But what DeerCast can't account for is a hot doe, right? <laughs> and so yep. even though it's like super accurate, I love using the app, you know, uh, I got to give them a hard time. DeerCast said bad, and I, I shot, a, shot a buck of a lifetime. So I love you know, it. we got to add that to the algorithm. We got to add a hot doe on every farm to the algorithm. You know? Right, right. <laughs> well, that's, you know, they have the, the DeerCast custom, but I think it's funny because you see people talk about DeerCast in some of these like forums, even our working class bow hunters group on Facebook. You know, I think people expect Mark and Terry to predict every time a yearling does right. up on their property. Right. Yeah. And then uh, I made a joke. I'm like, well, you you want them to predict all this stuff for an app that costs you little or no money for a year. Right. You get the full Jury right. Outdoors library. You get this amazing podcast included in that. But then, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, and then you got to factor in like, okay, you're, all your sloppy hunting tactics that you put on your hunting ground you want Mark and Terry to filter through that too? I mean, if you want to start complaining about every time you see a yearling doe that it said bad on deer cast, we can break it down even farther and see how many times you hunted the wrong wind on a certain stand. And then, then we'll talk and see who's really messing up here, which is funny, but all yeah. good fun. so many people that don't even use the terrain when they walk in or anything, they just walk right over the top of the hill to the tree stand. Then they wonder why, you know, they don't see many deer and like say they don't pay attention to wind. And yeah. So much stuff goes into like, say you, it still takes so much luck to kill. Like I've killed quite a few big deer. It still takes luck that deer mm-hmm. have to decide to come by you, but you still have to put in all the prior points to, to sway that pendulum to your side as much as you can. You'll yep. never have control of it. And we don't want control. of it. That isn't the yeah. point of it, but you've, you've got to, do as many things as you can, like say the, the cover crop and the, like twice I went in in the pouring rain and checked trail cameras on this deer. Cause I just didn't want any scent left. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, you've lost your mind. Like this deer, like this deer's gotten to you. I'm like, no, I just, I'm just trying to be extra cautious on this one, you know, just to, what keep him around, you know, so well, I, that's what makes the difference between someone that's consistent with their success. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean a big buck every year because, like you said, right. it takes a lot of luck. Sometimes it's just yeah. the luck's not there. You can do everything Sometimes right. Not, you know, when you're chasing 160 pluses, you're not going to get one every year. No. If you're, if you're devoted to saying, hey, you know, I'm willing to eat a tag sandwich if I don't get one of these two deer I'm after, then mm-hmm. that, that's what it is, you know. Well, so. that goes to show the effort to big bucks shows versus the guys who just want to comment must be nice 
on mm-hmm. the guys who kill the big uh, bucks. The uh, after they posted the field and stream article on that online, the must be nice has started coming through, you know. Yeah. And uh, kudos to some. I wasn't going to comment anything, but kudos to the people that were trying to trying to stand up for me. Like you know, like somebody says, you know, high fence deer, and and somebody wrote like, yeah, three three foot barbed wire fence on a on a her privately owned farm. I was like. Kudos to that guy. Yeah. Just cheers to you on the next bush light you drink, right? Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> the guys that make those comments, we know we've been talking about a lot lately. We've gotten more of that lately too. Just, I guess, I don't know, just because we're in more places now. But yeah, when yeah. Austin shot that buck, it was like the must be nice guys shoots. Oh, yeah. He's hunting in a zoo. It's like, okay, yeah, yep. whatever, guys. Must Somebody be. commented, how much did that deer cost? I'm like, honestly, you don't want to know. It did cost me quite a bit, but I didn't pay anybody <laughs> specifically for it so <laughs> yeah big deer costs yeah. a lot of money um right. especially the, the probably more money with the ones without a deer tag because all the effort and i mean it takes That's effort right. you right. know from the food plots to the whatever it, it and it's, it's a sickness anybody that shoots big deer it's a sickness i mean this deer is actually i've gotten so many comments about you know so you done hunting now i'm like no this has fueled me probably more than ever. I've always done late December, early January, like spotting scope scouting as far as whether I have a tag to fill still or just trying to get inventory for next year. Mm-hmm. I've done more of that this year than I ever have. I've probably shot my bow 13, 14 times since I shot him out in the cold wind in, in January in Missouri. Yeah. Like I, I, I actually, I grabbed one of those tethered systems the other day. Cause I'm really interested in trying to get, trying to get into that saddle deal. So like, yeah. it's just, I've done more prep for next year already than I do most years after shooting them. It just, it's, it, there's just something that's always been different about those big deer. They just mm-hmm. don't act like other deer. And it, it's something that's so much fun to do. Yeah. So I, I can see that, man. I think I would be the same way, uh, you know, yeah. you shoot something crazy like that. Cause you know, the likelihood yeah. of you shooting another one like that are pretty slim, but it doesn't right. mean that you can't target mature bucks, whether they're 140 or whatever they end up being. Abs- you know, absolutely. Absolutely. We're fortunate in an area that I'm fortunate to farm. So I have quite a bit of ground that I have private access to that dad and I bow hunt. My, my oldest brother rifle hunts a little bit, um, but he still plays the wind right just through having to listen to dad and I preach to him all the time, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, it's just, it's just a lot of fun to, to just, just do all the stuff and do all the work to try and get those big deer in there. But uh, yeah. my biggest one prior to him was a 191. Um, I got him with a bow on December 21st, um, eight years ago. Um, last year I shot a 169 on January, January 2nd or 3rd, something like that. So late season is my, it's my yeah. go-to. Sounds like it, man. Love late season. Love late season. Well, so, love to get you in and do a regular WCB podcast in, in the studio here when you're on a cattle tour yeah. and uh, right. we'll talk late season stuff, but I appreciate you jumping on pretty you short bet, notice and uh it was yeah. cool meeting you and getting to hold the actual buck and all that so yeah yep hey well, i appreciate your time man we love the podcast um thanks like so i it just it, it gives us guys that are just have a sickness over something to listen to and it's, it's a little more bro talk you know it's a little more relaxed <laughs> and that's yeah. what i love about it um i will say to the listeners um if you come to the booth with a giant buck, you still don't get a free T-shirt. I just, <laughs> oh, all the listeners know that. Call me out. Call I, I think me. he gave me. I think he gave me like a two cent sticker. He's like, "Hey, would you like?" <laughs> I said, like, 
Oh, thanks. Here, <laughs> put this on your truck. That's what happens when you go to do this for a living. You got to squeeze every <laughs> cent you can out of it so you can buy lunch when you get back to work. No, no I, I for sure bought a couple t-shirts in support. I did not want them free. I just bought <laughs> Like I said, Missouri people are going to give you a hard time. We're not going to compliment you much. So, hey. you know, that was my way. We'll take but, it. We're uh, we're used to getting crap on job sites. Uh, we know. I, that's. I, I don't doubt that. I yeah. Don't doubt that. All good here. people right there, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, man. That's right. Well, hey, man, thank you so much. If you want to plug you your Instagram or anything before you leave, feel uh, free. Yeah, I, I had to write it down because I didn't. I couldn't remember what it was. Gwood <laughs> underscore 46. And then, uh, yeah, anybody interested in the bull in February, there's our website www.ccacattle.com man love it love it support the working man right there that's pretty that's awesome right. that's right support all right buddy we'll get right, hey, to hey, you next you year hey if you kill a, a 200 plus next year i'll send you a free t-shirt awesome deal <laughs> all right buddy all right man appreciate <laughs> you later See man you. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.